Golden Spiral Media presents The Devil You Know, a Constantine podcast. Episode 7, Blessed Be the Damned. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. Welcome back to The Devil You Know, a Constantine podcast where we are discussing the fabulous NBC show, Constantine. I'm one of your co-hosts, Tony Caselli. And I'm the other co-host, Joseph Snakehandler. Yeah, that's not accurate, but okay. <laughs> that's actually how it's pronounced. Everyone's been saying Zettelmeyer. It's actually pronounced Snakehandler. Oh, my, I had no idea. <laughs> There's more Zs than I thought, but... <laughs> All right. That's what some people said about this week's episode. What? Whoa. Yeah. Burn. Yeah. We're going to get right to it, Joe, <laughs> because um, uh, this episode, episode seven, Blessed Be the Damned. Written, I believe it's pronounced Damned. Uh, bl- blessed Be the Damned. <laughs> bl- what? I'm a little punchy, folks. <laughs> written by, and I apologize, I'm going to butcher this name, written by Snaha Kurs. And directed by Nick Gomez. Now, I'm just going to say up front, this was not my favorite episode of this television series. I'm going to be in complete agreement with you. Not only was this not my favorite, it's very high, very possibly my least favorite episode today. I I, I think so too, yes. Now, that being said, there were some things that I really loved. Oh, absolutely. And it almost made it worse because the parts I loved, I really, really loved. Yes. And there were just parts that I went, wow, this feels like it was an early, early draft of an early episode early in the process, and yet here it is. And after the last few episodes, um, it felt like we were moving away from some of this stuff, but I just was not a fan. I agree. I feel like this was the case of the B story massively overpowering the A story. Yes, in a big way. Yeah. So so we'll get into that in just a moment, Indeed Joe. Indeed we will. And we're also going to do a couple uh, of our normal segments as well as have a question of the week this week because we want to find out some specific things from <gasps> all you wonderful listeners. So first off, we do want to mention... Um, here at Golden Spiral Media, there are a ton of wonderful podcasts. Oh, uh, you couldn't even count them all. We had at Golden Spiral Media a big podcasters meeting this week via the magic of the internet web tubes, and it was really <laughs> fun. And I just want to encourage you guys, if you like podcasts, uh, go check out everything else at goldenspiralmedia.com because there's a ton of good stuff. The stuff I learned Yesterday is a great show that uh, is just heartwarming. Mm-hmm. and But a lot of the shows that you love watching as well have their own podcasts, and they're great. Sleepy Hollow, Gotham, Flash, Arrow, these shows all have podcasts. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, my God. How good has that show gotten right, this Walking season? Dead, Person of Interest. Yep. There's all sorts of wonderful podcasts on there. And as well as uh, Triplecast, which isn't TV, but movies. Right. Check out the stuff at goldenspiralmedia.com. They're wonderful. We say that, of course, as a part of it, but, you know. Yes, sir. Also, Joe, I want to jump right into Constantine News because uh, it's been a bit of a busy week. The news. Right off the top of the bat, I'd like to mention, Tony, do you feel a little bit cooler today for some reason? Did something happen that made us a lot cooler all of a sudden? I feel cool. Right? I don't... What, I, what happened? Yesterday, that all of a sudden made us just feel cool. 
together for some reason. <laughs> okay. In the news. So one of the fun things Joe and I are excited about was on the iTunes. Uh, we want to thank everybody for giving us iTunes reviews. Oh, man. Thank you. Yeah. You guys are wonderful. Thank you for that. If you haven't yet and you enjoy the podcast, please feel free to go to iTunes. Leave us a nice review. We would appreciate that a ton uh, because this week we wound up on the iTunes new and noteworthy front page little scrolly thing, uh, which is amazing because Joe and I are a couple of dorks sitting around talking about TV. And that is completely accurate. I think we should change our podcast name to The Devil Everyone Knows. <laughs> no. Nope. Nope. <laughs> so, <laughs> Step too far. Bring it back, Zettelmeyer. Snake handler. Right. But so we wanted to thank everybody who did that. And also, uh, I wanted to read uh, some of those names because you guys were wonderful and we appreciate it. So uh, You are all on our not naughtiness list. <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank Broccoli ninety nine ninety nine, who says we're the best. Uh, also, SLH two thirty six, Joe Spiv, you guys are wonderful. Thank you for your nice reviews. I, I especially want to throw a, spe- a special thanks out to Wicked Pinto, who titled their review "You Should Pee in the Alley." And then the only comment was, because that would be hot. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I already do, as often as possible. So I'm assuming that review came right in after Dan's voodoo, because we I were talking say- about peeing in the alley. But <laughs> I don't know what type of things Wicked Pinto's into, so it might be any time of the day for them. I don't know. This is a judgment-free podcast. Absolutely. More or less. You're right. Um, we're here to judge the episode. But- well, I'm judging you a lot, Joe. But Also fair. Personally, just a personal thing. So you've known me a long time. That's fine. Speaking of judging uh, and things that are a little unpleasant, um, the ratings were down. Yep, this episode. Yep, down to three point one million, which is lowest it's been for us for quite a while. Yeah, and so that's a little disappointing. We're hoping those continue to go up. I hope that the next couple of episodes that are going to be leaning in towards the mid-season finale, which is coming up soon, and they look like they're going to be good episodes we're ramping up into a couple really cool storylines it looks like i'm hoping those are of good quality and draw in more viewers uh because i think that's uh, the next few are the ones that are going to determine whether we get a season two or not now where should we go tony if we're interested in save constantine well if you're doing the twitter thing there are a couple things first off the hashtag save constantine is something that if you're on Twitter, do that. And then also tag, of course, you know, at NBC, at NBC Constantine, let them know because they listen to that stuff. Also, in the news this week, Daniel Cerrone, one of the producers, sent out a tweet saying, hey, everybody, this week, use the hashtag Resurrection Crusade and help us drum up excitement for the story. Now, that is a particularly interesting story from the Hellblazer comic, The Resurrection Crusade. And we got a little taste of that at the end of this episode. Yes, we did. Which was exciting because, and I'm sure when we get there, we'll get there. But, you know, The Resurrection Crusade is basically Zed's story. It really is. Uh, It kind of culminates all the stuff that's going on with Zed. And I, for one, have been crossing my fingers since the introduction of Zed that this was a storyline that we would get to. And when I saw Resurrection Crusade pop up, I jumped up and down and squealed with glee. And as soon as we saw the creepy guy in the back seat of the car with the big cross on, I, you knew exactly what it was. Yep. And I thought that was wonderful. So 
And I say it's Zed's story. It's a lot of Zed's backstory. Yes. You learn a ton about her. We're going to find out so much more about her. I but think. it's also Constantine's story. I mean, what he, he him dealing with it, you yep. know, is a wonderful thing. So it's not like it's a Constantine-free story. No, The no. way this one was a Chaz-free story, again. Why? I don't Why? know. Is there a special rule that makes it so the two of them, can, that Zed and Chaz cannot appear in the same episode except for once? I think season two should start with just Chaz and Zed. And John's, like, taking a nap. Right. Can we get an, a line at the very beginning of the episode? So John's off in an art class. John's dealing with his daughter. You know, it's, <laughs> they get these, like, one-line excuses right off at the beginning. It's like, right. so we just, we're not going to, okay, that's fine. Funny, and I don't like it. Me neither. <laughs> All right, enough of the news stuff. Let's jump over into episode discussion. Discussion, discussion, discussion. Let's do it. All right, Joe, on the spot, what's your rating? This week, uh, and it pained me. I've been thinking about this for a while. Uh, 6.5 to 7, where the hell is Chaz? Yeah. <laughs> you do that all the time. You don't get a range. What's your, what's your rating? You know, <laughs> you're not the boss of me. No, this is true, actually. Um, I will cut I would go up to, I would consider going up to 7. The 6.5 is for the half of the episode that just did not land for me. Right. That being said, the part that did land for me really landed for me. So I'll consider, under some duress, going up to 7. 7, where the hell are chasses? I gave it a 7. Just naturally, I didn't have to be coerced into it. Um, I'm probably nicer than you are. I'm more lenient. That is just not true. I, <laughs> I am delightful. People like me more. That is that's just... Uh, I, question I, of the week will be, which one of us do you like more? <laughs> Dear God, that is not the actual question. Do not no, answer no, that. Please, kidding. God, don't answer no, that. No, we don't need that. The I gave it seven snakes in a box. That's the lowest rating I've given anything yet this season. Yeah, me too. Uh, and I, I can totally understand why you would go six and a half as well, though. Uh, there were just things in it that I just didn't like. And so you want to just do a quick uh, talk a quick recap? recap? So it begins, we are in a Tennessee church. Uh, I'm sorry, Kentucky church. And... Within seconds, I, I looked at it and went, oh, so we're going to be seeing some snake handlers, and there's some snakes. Right. Why did I think that? Because I've seen it a million times. Oh, yeah, the yeah, I was not a fan of Man. And that was part of what bugged me was two episodes back-to-back. Now, to be fair, they weren't meant to be back-to-back. They weren't, but, but we it didn't did help get, them. Uh, oh, here's a trope that we've seen a bunch. Yep. And that's a little bit of what bugged me with last week's episode was the possessed children thing. I was like, oh, my God, I've seen possessed children things so many times. Right, right. And when the snake handler came out, my first thought was, oh, my God, I've seen snake handlers so many times. Right. And we see a snake handler uh, at his little uh, tiny Pentecostal loosely attended church doing an absolutely dreadful sermon. Just he could not be less into it. Right. Awful. Uh, He picks up his snake and guess what happens? He doesn't get bit. He gets bit. Now, to be fair, before that, he stops in the middle of it. We, 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 we've learned that his father was the pastor there. We do. And we learned that the attendance has been down since the pastor passed. And, yeah. <laughs> and since the pastor passed. You heard me. Nicely done. Thank you. <laughs> and he's trying to pick up where his father left off. Yep. And not doing a super good job of it. So he gets bit by the snake and then dies. 
Exactly. And then comes back to life. With a mysterious something something in his hand. Yeah, it's a, it's a feather. And he sticks it in his pocket. And then suddenly he can heal people. Yep. And by heal people, we mean literally lays his hand on a dude with an amputated leg and the leg grows back. Not minor healing. Right. And I did like that part of it because mm-hmm. that's a drastic thing. I thought, mm-hmm. oh, that's, not, that's a real, that's a cool thing. I like Although that. we did not see the leg come back, we heard the weird, crunchy, scrunching noises. And right. Yeah. Little. The other thing that bugged me right in this opening stuff, and maybe it was me, maybe I missed something. I did not know if that woman was his wife or his sister. Big fat question mark. Because, and... I'll just ask, did I miss something there, I, Joe or anybody listening? I, I, think I, I think it was his sister. I thought there was a reference to her being his sister. There might have been. All I remembered was him saying, I let daddy down. But uh, you could say that to your wife also. You absolutely could. I also yeah. may be thinking this because uh, in a recent season of Justified, another show that I love that uses a lot of the same actors, there was an entire plot thread between a snake-handling preacher and his sister. Oh, interesting. Hint, hint. Right, okay. So, I don't know. That, to me, felt like uh, sloppy writing and directing and and performing. If I wasn't sure, I think you should be sure of a thing like that. I agree. (laughs) As somebody who, you know, is paid to tell stories for a living, I think, I mean, as a director, you you go, what's the information we need across in this moment? Right. And I spent a lot of time not knowing it. So, I don't know if I missed something because I was rolling my eyes at a snake handler (laughs) or if I just wasn't clear. But... Uh, we move briskly forward to seeing Constantine, who has a quick one-liner about Chaz going to visit his daughter. So as soon as he heard that, I was like, so no Chaz this week. Right. Again, and we're out. Ah, come on. It's, it, it is okay for Chaz and Zed to be in the same episode. It's happened before to great effect. Bring them back together. Yeah, I, in I, Dance I, Voodoo, that was one of the things I loved about me it. Me too. And it's one of the things, and it really showed that the show really pops when we see them functioning as a team, not John and his partner of the week, but as a team. Right. Absolutely. Right. I don't know. I just know that I never... Are you guys the same person? I'm wondering. I never see point. you together. Right. It's very frustrating. I don't like it. So anyway, Zed is at an art class. She is. Doing a life model sculpting uh, or, or drawing of a life model who's standing there. And uh, she freaks out because she has a vision of snakes. All around her feet. All around her feet, which is a nice little moment mm-hmm. to tie the two stories together. Yep. Wonderful. That's how we're going to get our impetus to go to Kentucky. Right. Uh, and then, interesting little scene, the model hits on her. It's just right off the bat. Yeah. Do you want to get coffee? you want to get a drink? How about dinner? And she nicely says no, but gives him her number. She gets says, lost Well, she doesn't even say no, does she? she <laughs> She says yes. She says yes. And names a place and then gives, th- her, gives him her number. Throughout the episode, she forgets it. But Right. So yes, now she's she's with John. They decide that they have to go to Kentucky to deal with a snake handler. John has found some information on the guy already through some of the CD new uh CD magazines that this guy is starting to develop a following from his miraculous healings. And John does not think highly of that, so he decides to go and investigate with his partner, Zed, because Chaz can't be found. Right. So, meanwhile, the first guy that the pastor has healed 
is at the doctor's. Turns out there may be some side effects. Having his leg looked at, because, hey, new leg. Right. Right? And the doctor's going, this, I, this is amazing. I've if never I seen didn't, it. Yeah, if I didn't know you, I'd say you were a different person entirely. In the meantime, Nate, was his name, I think? I believe so. Is sitting in the doctor's office, sweating up a storm, clearly not well. I just thought, this doctor is not good yeah. at what, I mean... He, I, and, and but I gave him the better for the doubt because he was stunned because hey new leg right right but still. It's, it's, it's Kentucky people sweat <laughs> all right it's very warm down there <laughs> and Nate of course uh, you know as soon as we see him sweating we know what's happening yep so Nate goes all evil demon possessive guy one might even say ghoulish and starts killing people. Kills the doctor, kills... Uh, kills a policeman a little policeman. bit later. Yep. Um, and Constantine and Zed are on their way down to find this out. And you, at that point, I, I started being a not fan of this episode. Yep. Right about there. Yep. It just felt like stuff we'd seen. Yes. Both on the show and in other locales. It's it, We've seen this. And I have to say, throughout the episode, I kept thinking, and this is me, I was not a fan of the actor who played the pastor boy he just did not land for me and you know it, I, I didn't know what he was committing to like he just kind of seemed to be walking through the episode right i, I never got a sense of one he always felt a little off a, yep. just a little sleazy to me yep and i wanted him what if he hadn't felt that if he had been a genuinely good guy Thinking, you know, and and they talk about they they talk about he's a good man, path, you know, path of best intentions, and I didn't see it. I didn't. I, he just he felt like he wasn't landing on one side or the other for me. He was just kind of there, right? And this is where our conversation should jump around in the episode a bit because we find out later that he ran a guy over. Yep, and, and did not even stop to check. He was going to hell for that. Yep, uh, which okay, legit, uh, right? Uh, but. I still don't understand why we didn't see more honesty from this character. I don't know. I, right. I, I just did not – at no point was I rooting for him in any way, so I didn't really care what happened to him. Complete agreement. You know, it just felt he, – he felt negative from the beginning. And I, so because of that, his storyline started out as sort of a non-starter for me. Yep. That combined with we've seen the snake handling thing a bunch. It's done. It's a trope, you know. So I, I just had a hard time getting into it. But then in the episode, some cool stuff started to happen. Yes. This is the stuff when Tony and I, as is frequently the case, we're very much in agreement about this episode. For me, it really starts getting good. John starts using prayer slash magic, a kind of interesting little combo. Yeah. To summon up Manny. Because he's looking for someone who can give him some answers on miracles. Right. And he, this is right after they've gone to the river and found all the dead fish. And John has already well uh, established that something evil is going on as well as something good. Zed has actually touched the pastor at this point and gotten a brief glimpse of what was some vague attempt at what's going on. She believes she saw something that may have been him seeing an angel. Yes. And John goes, Angel, I know an angel. Right. Just and like that. That's exactly how he did it. That was actually, I could, <laughs> I, for a minute, I thought Matt Ryan was here. <laughs> that was Welsh mixed with other stuff. Oh, I thank you. <laughs> so 
I like John getting a hold of Manny. I like I like that he couldn't get a hold of Manny until he asked nicely. Yeah, and and yes, and and even Zed, you know, maybe if you asked a little more <laughs> nicely, she calls him out on it, which was great. I like that Manny appears taking over Zed's body more than once in this episode, yes. by the way, and we'll get to that. But. And again, that it, it's something I've been waiting for for a while, is this is by far and away, this episode is the most Manny-heavy episode. And Harold Paranal was great. He's great. I love him in everything. He's he's a talented, talented fella. And I really did think there were some moments in this. His stuff, the whole stuff with the angel stuff was my favorite part, easy. By a mile. And that was why this episode was so weirdly dichotomous for me is uh, as much as I did not like the preacher stuff at all, I loved the angel stuff. Right. So they get a little hint from Manny, and thanks to his not interfering but giving them a little hint, Yep. Right. they find an angel. An actual fallen angel. Uh, well, well, in so much as she has fallen to earth. Right. They don't, yeah, we don't know that she's a fallen angel. Right. We know that she's an angel who's laying on the ground, injured. And we find out a little bit more about the lore and the rules and the mythology of Constantine. We find out that there's only one way angels can physically manifest in the realm. Again, explaining why Manny has not interfered with anything at this point. He has never physically shown up. He has shown up as a spirit. He has taken over other people's bodies, but his physical form has not actually arrived. Right, because that only can happen uh, if they're damaged in some way. Exactly. And this angel has fallen. I keep saying that. This angel has appeared corporeally here. Yeah, physically on the earth. Because uh, when the pastor died, he pulled one of her feathers. He, in reaching for her, we assume, yep. out of joy and amazement and love and here's an angel, right? and pulled a feather. Now, we find out later that's not really what happened. It's sort of, but not really. Here she is, laying on the ground. They do a little call and response finding of the angel, which right. is super neat, and they take her to the barn to help her try and heal. And then John is even more interested in getting help from Manny so they can figure out how to help her. To jump in for a second, one of the things we missed uh, that bears knowing, the reason that one of the reasons John was able to figure out that there was something angelic going on is the preacher is speaking uh, Enochian, which is the language of angels yes. uh, since the way back in the beginning of time. And, though, and John makes it nice, he doesn't speak it, but he knows it when he hears it. Yeah. And that did kind of make him, he flat out asked the preacher, flat out asked him, where'd you learn the Enochian? Right. Uh, right. You know, so I think that's what kind of put him on the path. Yes, absolutely. So they find Imogen. Yes. The angel. Take her to the barn. John puts up a cool... Um, Keep everything outspell. Keep everything outspell. I, I, I really enjoyed that, actually. I did, too. But again, one of the things I was missing this episode is it felt a little magic light for me. I wanted more magic. Okay. Mm -hmm. And well, maybe it wasn't. Maybe I just wasn't feeling it this episode. I feel like either you need a fair amount of John doing magic stuff or you need a fair amount of John being con man John. Right. We got virtually nothing by way of Con Man John this episode. Right. And just a little bit of magic from him. Yeah. Now, I did like the magic we got. I liked that running water spell. I thought that yeah. was actually really cool. That was pretty neat. And I love that in keeping evil out and away from the angel, he wound up trapping her. He sure did. Didn't mean to, but it worked out well. Right. I liked that part of it. Uh, so I like that he then, they figure out, 
he's got to have a feather then. Right. John goes back to talk to the pastor. Right. Because in previous episodes, we've learned that when you personally confront the person that is the problem, everything works out perfectly. Sure. And the end. I was like, hey, we're almost <laughs> done. What's happening? <laughs> Sarcasm aside, it, did, it does not go well. No. So John actually tries to take the angel feather from him and is blasted across the room. And that was pretty interesting. And it I was. was wondering why. And you know what? By the end of the episode, I was still wondering why. Yeah, a little bit. They kind of didn't explain it. Yeah. At least not to my satisfaction. I don't, I don't know that I still understand that. You're right. Uh, maybe that's another question. I don't know. Anybody out there? Did we miss what that was about? I mean, thinking it through. I didn't totally get it. He talks about it coming from the, the feather, that the feather itself Right. Was preventing him. And it's not like he couldn't touch the angel because he did. They they helped her into the barn. Touched by an angel, perhaps? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the only answer oh, I have necessary. <laughs> no. John goes to talk to the pastor, gets blasted, and at that point, they're not friends anymore. Nope. The pastor wants nothing to do with him. So... Zed, who had a little bit flirted with the pastor earlier in a sort of, I, I, I want to know what's happening kind of way, right. uses her feminine wiles to convince the pastor to uh, talk with her, and they decide that the only way she's going to get close enough is to be baptized. Indeed. And we've already learned at this point that Zed has some religious leanings. She and John talk about it some, and she says very pointedly to the pastor, she wants to believe. Yes. Whether she does or doesn't believe is a little unclear, but she wants to believe. And she had a quote with John that I liked. She said that she believed everything she was told as a little girl. And then as she got older, she started to discover some truths. Right. And that's a great sort of, at that point, you, you know, oh, she's completely talking about growing up in, you know, the resurrection crusade. And right. For those of us who know the Hellblazer comic, we know that there, there are some big indicators in that little speech. Yeah. And I think over the next couple episodes, we'll see where those go. Yep. Then we use, the what the, the vehicle of the baptism i guess mm-hmm. i was looking for again word, but it's... we've seen it right the and big the big pentecostal everyone go into the river for baptism we've seen it yes but they want an excuse to you know dunk angelica salea in the water and make her look all clingy and something sheer that's good ratings there it is <laughs> there it is so we get to that point and she in this baptism, gets the feather off the priest. Yep. (laughs) And he doesn't take it super well. No. No, who else doesn't take it super well? All the incredibly scary people that he has healed up to this point. Yeah, that was another bit of the magic part that I went, wait, what? What's happening right now? They apparently become what John refers to as ghouls. Yes. A.K.A. people who are afflicted by magic gone wrong. But why the minute she took the feather off of him that started happening, I still don't understand. I believe that falls under the category of shh, 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 Right, hand-wavy, hand-wavy, hand-wavy. They go running from the mob. Yep. As you do As when you're like chased you by do, Mab. Right? If Mab? Chased mob. by Mab. Uh, the Mab was chasing me. <laughs> Where's your goddamn Moses? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's a mob chasing them because she's got the magic feather. Right. And <laughs> I love that that sentence actually happened. <laughs> 
<laughs> this conversation has gotten completely. So there's a man and there's a magic feather. Uh, spear and magic feather. So, yes, they run to the barn uh, because they're under the impression that returning the feather to the angel will solve everything. Well, first, John, they all run into the church. Right. They decide to let Zed go out the back. Right. To while go John, to the barn. While John somehow manages to single handedly hold off the ghouls by putting his back against a door. Right. There, there was a pew there, too. Oh, right. 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 <laughs> That's what did it. The, the pew of staggering barricadedness. <laughs> <laughs> I kept everybody. It's up. in the Bible. It's a, it's a thing. It's one of the back chapters. In the meantime, John and the pastor are having this discussion, and this is where we find out from the pastor. Oh yeah, no, listen, I, I'm a bad person. I, I had a few too many. I killed a guy. I, I, I thought it was a deer, but I knew it wasn't a deer. And that's when John goes, "Wait a minute, that sounds like a mortal sin." Which means when you died, you wouldn't go to heaven. You'd go to H-E-L-L hockey sticks. Right. Wait a minute. And he starts to put a couple of things together and realizes they should not be giving the, the feather back. Because now, there are angels in H-E-L-L hockey, hockey sticks, but they're not the kind we like. Right. And this is... Now we get to go to the part of the story that I really liked. Me too. Because Manny has been in the barn. Alone with Hanging Imogen. out with Imogen, having a nice conversation. And, and we get some real insight into where Manny is mentally, personally, how he's thinking about things. I loved this stuff, Me Joe. too. And I love, one, they're having a nice conversation. And he asks her, what was it like the first time you felt the sunlight on your face? And he so much wants to know. It's it's so vital to him. And they, they get into this great conversation about humanity. Right. And how humanity keeps screwing things up and we get these chances, but we keep messing it up and we have the greatest gift of all. And it, we, we hear from Manny earlier in the episode that angels are a little compartmentalized. Yep. Specifically to make sure that nobody gets together and starts organizing, you know, uh, uh, mutinies and whatnot. Right. But it becomes very clear in this scene that mutinous thoughts are happening. Yeah. And, and it's not out of cruelty. It's not out of, it's out of vengeance. It's out of looking at the earth and saying, "Mm, the humans are not doing a super good job at this. We should probably take it back. Right. And Imogen starts, and it was interesting because I don't know if it was, well, I, I, I'm sure it was intentional, but as the discussion got further along and she got a little more agitated with humanity and a little more uh, invested in the fact that the angels could and maybe should take the planet back. And right? Manny does not disagree with her on this. As she got into that, her eyes were getting more like yeah. redder and a little, dar- you know, not darker. She was looking less ill. Yep. So... Manny says that they're, they're discussing this and she does most of this, the talking, but you can see he wants to know what it's like to actually be here, to actually yep. be on the planet, to be a human, to be corporeal. And then at one point he says, we, we shouldn't be talking like this. We shouldn't have this conversation. And she pushes him further, but why not? And it's become clear that Manny has been thinking these very thoughts. Yes. And not acting on them, but no. they've been there. But I definitely had a moment, Tony, and I, I, I'm guessing slash hoping you felt the same, where it's like, I, Manny all but says that he doesn't think much of humanity. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's not that he's going to, you know, at this point, I don't think he's going to do anything against them at this point. Right. 
but he he's got some issues with it. He's got some issues with the way humanity is running the planet. Well, I, I certainly thought that from what he said, we, we absolutely got the impression that he had been having some of those thoughts. He has been wondering what it's like and coveting that opportunity to feel the sunlight on his face. Yep. Uh, which, you know, the, this episode really showed us that part of him nicely. Then, of course... Zed returns. Zed returns with the feather and puts it back in place on her wing. How on earth did she find the missing spot so quickly, dude? There's a lot of feathers on that wing. There was just one open spot, though. I know. I love that this is my issue with the episode. Anyway, (laughs) moving on. (laughs) She finds it, and wonderful special effect moment. I loved it, where... Imogen rises up off the ground. And her wings and everything go from white to black. Black, black, black. Not just her wings, but her clothes as well. And as all her clothes are changing color and her wings are changing color and she's rising up, it was actually beautifully done, I thought. And she she's strikingly beautiful. Right. But Manny knows immediately what's going on. Yeah, he she just is says, you're fallen. fallen. Fallen angel. The kind of angels that they have in hell. And she looks at them and sort of has a little smirk and then starts to, Constantine gets there and challenges her and she takes off. And we realize it was all her plan. Her plan from the get-go was to willingly let this human take her feathers, her wing feather, tricking him into thinking that she was an angel on the side of light. Yep. Solely so she could get on the planet. It was all a trick for her to get physically manifested on the planet. Yep. She worked it out. She let a feather slip into his hand. Yep. Whatever happened, she she made it look like she was taking him to heaven instead of hell. Right. And, which, interesting side note, now we know that uh, fallen angels are our escorts to hell. Right. You didn't know that? In this... Well, in this universe. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and as she goes to take off, Constantine's protection spell to keep evil out keeps it in and she can't go anywhere. <laughs> she slams into it like a bird flying into a window pane. Yeah, and it was pretty great. And then comes the wonderful conflict of this episode. So me. fun. It was great. Where she basically grabs Zed and says, you know, open the door or I kill her. And that's a legitimate threat when we've seen how John treats his buddies it is not out of the realm of possibility for john to go "Mm, sorry zed looks like your number's up right right because who knows what she's going to do to humanity now that she's here she's already proven to be on the wrong side yep and it could have happened and john sort of does the only thing he can do which is to look at manny and go you're either in this fight with me or 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 you're not what what's your deal let's go and yep Totally Which, calls him out on it. And it's something that's been needed to be said for a while. And I actually like that they built it up to this moment where sure. it's like, all right, Manny, in or out, buddy. Yep. And the answer is in. Yeah. Manny is in. As we established at the beginning of the episode, he has already done it once before and he takes possession of Zed one more time, uh, completely fooling Imogen. Yep. And, uh, they have a little heart to heart. Well, more like a little fist to heart. (laughs) That's probably more accurate. Manny just punches right through her chest and rips her heart out. Little Molarama action. Which was pretty awesome. Right? I love that this conflict between Manny and John, you're either in this with me or you're not. You know, you're the one pushing me. Let's do this. Especially right after we've seen Manny be 
really tempted and curious and, you know, covetous of being corporeal, of yep. being on the planet. But he makes the choice to be on the right side. Yep. Be on the, the for now. For now, right? At least. And saves Zed. Yep. And kills Imogen? We think so, but we don't know. I mean, again, this is a lot of stuff that we don't know about the angelic forces. Well, I do remember there's a thing. Okay. All of you guys who are super Hellblazer fanatics, help me with this. Because I vaguely remember, if you have an angel's heart, can't you compel that angel to do things? Oh. Why is that a Hellblazer thing that sticks with me? Somebody who knows, let us know. But I think that's a thing. Now, they did make an awful important moment of showing that John has kept the heart. Yeah, they really did. After quickly taking your ribs head, saying, yeah, you don't, you don't want to hold on to that. That is, that right, is that, pure concentrated that's evil. Concentrated evil. Don't, yeah, you're going to let that go. Now, the reason that I was a little unsure is because it looked as though she was killed right. by it when he ripped it out and she you know disappeared it looked as though that meant dead and gone but who knows but right exactly who knows i would love it if this is not the last we see of imogen i thought imogen was super cool and, yeah the 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 actor was wonderful she was great and i liked the character especially if this becomes one of the sort of foes of the, you know, yep. the 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 little rising re- darkness has allowed her to become one of John's nemeses. A little reoccurring villainy would not hurt the show, right? Well, and especially you've got her and Manny on opposite right. sides. That could be fun. It really could. So we'll see. I. That was the part of this episode that I liked a lot. Joe. Yeah. All Joe. of the angel stuff is the stuff that I loved and not only loved, but felt like the show has been needing to deal with for a while. Yes. And I was really happy to give, to see it get some screen time. Let's deal with what's going on. I, then it was my favorite moment of the episode by far. Manny, are you in or out? And it feels like we're moving closer to the quote unquote rising darkness stuff. Yep. Uh, which I hope, because they allude to that's partly how and why she's here. Right. Uh, that that made the veil between worlds a little easier for her to get through. Uh, she's a part of it, or she's reacting to it. I don't. I don't know if we know yet. Yet, but I think we will. And then at that point, we have our first of the two endings to the episode. They're a little two-capper here. Right. Ending one, we see Manny and John back at uh, Jasper's house of awesome. <laughs> and look, there's so much cool stuff in there, including a, a there was a really cool nod to the DC universe at the end of the episode. Yeah, very cool. And John is putting the heart of the fallen on the shelf. Yep. And he and Manny are having a little heart to heart about what's going on. I, I actually did not mean the pun that time. It just happened. No. And I really liked seeing Manny in Jasper's. This was yep. the first time that's happened. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I liked that they were there. I liked the use of the space and I liked the conversation. Yeah. You know, we're dealing with some really interesting stuff. And when we get to Myth Adventures, I will talk about the little nod to the DC universe. Yes. And then we had ending number two, which is Zed in a bathtub. Right. Which, I mean, initially, right off the bat, that alone, hooray. But. Sure, because who likes a shower? What? I don't know that we're talking about the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) So Um, the phone rings and, oh my goodness, Zed is missing her date. She's the worst. She's the worst. I got possessed by an angel. A bad fallen angel tried to kill me. I'm not, I know I'm supposed to be having Italian food. I'm sorry. Oldest excuse in the book. <laughs> oh, I was possessed by 
an angel and had to fight a demon. <laughs> Wait, how did it go? You heard me. <laughs> me that like the that dogs, was me possessed by Eric Cartman. Dogs down the street heard you. <laughs> Hamsters just fell over in all the uh, houses in the neighborhood. <laughs> so the gentleman from the art class is waiting in his car talking to Zed on his cell phone as Zed apologizes and said, maybe, maybe another time. I'm really not up to it right now. And it turns out dude in the car is not alone. No, there's a creepy guy in the back seat with a cross saying, she's not coming. Not yet. Not yet. And uh, we, Tony and I certainly have our suspicions as to who that gentleman is. I think we can spoil that okay. part, I uh, think. Okay, I think we do a spoiler warning. Big spoiler, 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 spoiler. Yes, for the next 30 seconds, if you don't want to hear it, skip ahead 30 seconds, because in a minute we're going to jump to uh, feedback. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, now here it comes. Three, two, one. That's got to be her father. It has to be. Of course it is. It absolutely has to be. The, the leader of the Resurrection Crusade. Which Zed is a vital part of, though she does not know it yet. Right, and it's a big, big storyline from the comics. And I think that he, they're, they're out looking for her. We know yes. she's on the run. And without giving too much away, I'm sure this isn't a huge surprise. Zed's father, not a nice man. Yeah. Yeah, if you couldn't tell by the way he was creeping out in the back seat of the car using some other guy to get to his daughter. Yep. Yeah. So, all right, enough spoiler talk. We're coming back. All right. <laughs> hey, uh, all of you with your hands over your ears, you can come back now. They, <laughs> the worst part is they couldn't hear us say that. I know, exactly. <laughs> all right, so that's my my episode discussion synopsis. I gave it a seven, which... Uh, Talking it through still feels about right. I still think it's a generous seven, even for me. It was because, and it's a generous seven because the stuff that worked worked so well. well. That, that's it for me. I, I loved the fallen angel stuff and the Manny insight yep. and the idea that that stuff is going to go somewhere. And so, in truth, some of my seven is a preemptive, hopeful seven. That yep. uh, please with, let this be the setup we think it is. Yeah, with the idea that this stuff about the fallen angels and where the rising darkness could take us and what sides it could put people on that we're at a launching pad for that stuff man i hope so because I do too. the rest of that episode sorry guys snore i just didn't oh, enjoy the fallen the preacher stuff and the sister or wife felt even unclear, the ghouls did the, not it, it, were not particularly exciting they just looked like dudes with flop sweat yeah i, I just, just i just didn't really care yeah and i so i feel bad about that because there was some wonderful stuff but you know what it, in all honesty it's it's uh, out of the other six episodes that we've had so far um i enjoyed most of them i think all of them more than this one i did too even you know the the like the minor episode which i thought okay all right we'll you know but yeah i enjoyed that more than this one and i just think i think there this is the first time we've seen really this level of disparity between the a story and b story Yes. You know, usually there's a better blend. And the episodes that I've enjoyed the most, Devil's Vinyl, Dance Voodoo, uh, Feast of Friends, the stories are much more cohesive. It all merges together in a much smoother way. This one, it was really jarring for me, going back and forth between the angel stuff and the preacher stuff. Yeah. And it just did not have the kind of slick well, storytelling that I was loving. I couldn't be invested in, in the preacher. Nope. I just couldn't be. 
because you sort of knew what was happening already. And, yep. you know, if you know what's happening, the journey had better be worth it then. Right. It's okay if you know how it's going to end as long as the journey is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't even mind going back to, you know, use tropes, things like possessed children, uh, the, the evil, the preacher doing good, or a good-hearted preacher doing evil without realizing it. Yeah. Again, these are tropes I've seen before, and I don't mind going back to tropes we've seen before if you can make it your own. And I just didn't think they did. Yeah. I think there was nothing about these that made me go, ooh, what an interesting take on this thing. So because of that, I was really grateful to get what I thought was the super cool part of the episode. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with my seven. And, I'll, I'll, and I'll stick with it, it a too. Hopeful seven. A hopeful seven. Imogen, we'd love to see you again. Please come on back. I also think the thing that it did was set up a nice question. We talked... Episode one. Yep. Is Manny a good guy or a bad guy? And I've been very vocal as to my thoughts on it. And I have said all along, I think he's a good guy. And you've said you think he's a bad guy. I think this episode really set up option three, which is, is he a good guy who's going to turn into a bad guy? Yep. Is Manny the guy who wants to have good intentions, was here to be a good guy, doing his job? But the questions we saw him wrestling with a little bit in this episode, does that mean he's the one that uh, Sedilla's prophecy hmm. is about? Is he the one who betrays John? You know what? Maybe it's time for us to slide into question of the week. Let's ask our question of the week, 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 question of the week, 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 week. For those of you who've listened to Joe and Tony's podcast before, this is something we love doing, and that is the song we sing every time we ask it. You mean the question of the week? Question of the week. And that's our question for you, the loyal listener. Where do you think Manny is? As Tony has said, I've always said bad. Tony's always said good. There, the Here's our question. Do you think he's a good guy? Do you think he's a bad guy? Or... Do you think he's a good guy about to go bad? And you know what, Tony? As much as it causes me physical pain to admit that I've ever been wrong about anything in my life, <laughs> that's not true. I'm wrong about so many things. I think I was wrong about Manny. I think it's number three. I you think, think it's he is. C. I think he is a good person right now, but I think he, I think even by the end of this, uh, the 13 episodes, he's going to fall and he is going to fall hard. Interesting. Okay. All right. I am sticking with my prediction. Excellent. In that I think he's a good guy. I think he will be tempted. I think bad things may come from that temptation, but I think he's going to pull through and remain a good guy. As much as I do think it's option C, I would love for it to be option A. I am a huge fan of redemption stories. It's a personal favorite of mine. Yeah, yeah. And I'd love to see Manny fall but rise again. Yeah. So I think good guy still Great. Uh, with temptation. What do you guys think? Yeah, let us know. That's our question of the week for y'all. So uh, let us know in some feedback. Speaking of feedback, Joe, I think we should go there. I was totally going to try and make a feedback noise into the microphone when you said that. I'm but... glad you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> feedback segue, go. My name is John Constantine. Here's where you can reach me. Something big's on its way. The devil you know. The devil you know. All right, we got some feedback, Joe. Hey, everybody, if you want to answer the question of the week or just send us any feedback about the episode or the podcast, go to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback. Use the speak pipe widget there. 
Share your voice with the world. Let us know what you think of everything. You can also typey type some feedback via email or send us stuff at at Constantine GSM on Twitter. Join the Facebook page. We love the Facebook page. Facebook.com slash groups slash the devil you know. The devil you know. Don't actually type that part. Right. Don't type the ding ding the devil you know. I'm not even sure how you would. So we did get a couple of feedbacks this week, along with those great iTunes reviews. Thank you, everybody. Oh, man, you guys rock. We got some serious feedback from Alita and Bayou Shaman. Joe, why don't you read Alita's feedback? Don't mind if I do. Hey, Alita, good to see you again, by the way. All right, here's what Alita has to say. Back to the good stuff this week. I'm not sure I agree with you, Alita, but let's go ahead. Uh, no Chaz again, but really interesting to see more of Manny, and we're getting more of the rules binding his kind, which is great. That yeah. I completely agree Absolutely. with. Absolutely. Completely. I was also wondering how Zed would end up being introduced to angels, and there we go. Yeah, I guess being possessed by an angel is about as introduced as it gets, right? I agree, though. I really loved her reactions to the yep. angels. Yep. It was genuinely awe and sweet, and I have so many questions. Uh, Alita, you're right. I, I loved that part of it. I do, too. And I got to say, in you know... It, on the odd chance that she's listening. Uh, I love what Angelica is doing with this character. I, the, the character grows on me more and more every single episode. I have to say, that's something that we may differ on a little bit. You know what, Tony? You're entitled to your own wrong opinion. I know. <laughs> I'm going to stick by it. And I feel bad saying that because she seems like a lovely person and is wonderful on Twitter. I, I think out of the main characters, she's the least convincing. That's my thought. That's fair. Interruption of Alita's feedback. <laughs> there we Sorry, go. Alita, keep going. No worries. Um, I was also... One, oh, wait, we talked about that. Seems to be her rotten luck that it's one of the fallen. That was a nice twist. Also, upwards up sort of interesting repercussions, not just for Manny, but for Zed as well, since Manny used her body as the vehicle for bringing down the fallen. And now Jasper's collection has gained a, the heart of a fallen angel. That could get messy. Oh, yes, it could. Believe me, they did not have that very specific shot of John putting that uh, jar of angel heart on the shelf. For it. That's there for a reason. So, does Joe still think Manny's fallen? Well, we just discussed that. I actually have changed my tune a little bit and think that he has not fallen yet. Seems to me this makes it pretty clear that he's not fallen, but rather conflicted. The bit of dialogue between the angels is telling. We shouldn't be talking like this. Seems to be Manny's having a tough time with his place in the universe. And it looks like Zed's past is about to catch up for next week. This week's episode certainly led into it well, from what I recall of her comic history. Boy, you could not be more right. It is starting to look an awful lot like Zedmas. Yep. Yes. <laughs> like Zedmas. Very nice. Thank you. Thanks, Alita, for uh, your feedback. I, yeah, I, I agree with a lot of that stuff. I don't think I liked the episode as much as it seems you did. But that being said, uh, I agree. I thought the stuff with the angels was great. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay, Bayou Shaman had a lot to say. Bayou Shaman, forgive me. I'm going to edit this a little bit for time. Hello again, acolytes of the arcane. <laughs> I like that. That's I do fun. too. It's your old buddy Bayou Shaman ready to take you to church. Some good and bad this week. This was definitely not the strongest episode we've had. In fact, I put it at the bottom. We didn't get any Constantine Khan work and his attitude just felt flat to me. It was like his usual banter was gone. I couldn't even pick a quote of the week this time. Nothing stood out to me. 
I miss Chaz. I guess that will become a normal thing, it seems. I don't even think Chaz would have saved this one, though. I can see where they were going with it, and I can see the tiny strands being woven into Zed's eventual arc. That's a good thing. Yes, I agree, and I hope it doesn't become a normal thing that we don't get Chaz. I agree. Dear Lord, please don't let it be yeah, a normal thing. I liked it. With, I mean, it worked so well, I thought, in Dan's Voodoo. I agree. And they were all in the episode. So, Bayou Shaman continues, a lot of Manny this episode, which was good. Seeing John use prayer as magic was an interesting touch. It makes sense with his hodgepodge of cultural magics. I do have to say that as a whole, this episode is pulling me back from thinking Manny is going to turn evil, but I'm still keeping an eye on him. I'm really surprised he couldn't tell what Imogen was. Oh, one would think a fallen angel would be different enough to a real angel, or are they? Maybe it's all part of a bigger plot. Manny asking her about pain and the sunshine felt genuine to me, which leaves me confused on to what to think about Manny still. The garden host spell was brilliant. <laughs> Good thing that spell works both ways. The way Imogen's wings changed color from white to black was beautifully done. And Manny finally stepped over the line, he says, and did something useful, and in doing so, had the most amazing effect of actually giving John hope and faith. Yeah, you're right. That was That's a great way to look at it. Yeah, very nice. Well thought. And John kept the evil heart in a jar on his bookshelf because that's what you do. <laughs> I guess you never know when you need one, right? Well, and we talked about that a little bit. I, I want to see if that's going to come back and maybe someone who remembers that chunk of the comics more clearly than I do can help us because I think there's a thing there about the heart of an angel allowing you to control that angel's actions. Let us know. Hmm. Bayou Shaman finishes up with, For blessed are the damned, I give it 7.5 out of 10 floating dead fish. <laughs> Some good bits, but the whole didn't stand up as well as previous outings for me. Until next week, may all your summoning circles be unbroken. Oh, nice. That's sweet. Uh, also, Joe, from yeah. last week, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, Try Harder. Oh, <laughs> I will. Oh, I will. Yes, last week Joe sang some type of creepy Halloween song. Shamrock something? It's Silver Shamrock from Halloween 3. It's a great movie. It's a great underappreciated movie. I feel like I've disappointed you now. I'm sorry. Oh, it's not just now. <laughs> oh, all right. Good, good. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Let's say we jump into some myth adventures. Let's do it to it. And now it's time for Myth Adventures. The part of the show where we pretend we know stuff. Uh, 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 Master of the Dark Arts. Uh, 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 um, Master of the uh, Dark Arts. Myth the pictures is the part of the So, what do you got? The first thing that I have to point out, just because I was really happy because they made a DC Comics reference that I actually got. Yes, this was a good one. This is a, it is a rare thing for me. I mean, I, I read a decent amount of DC, and they actually referenced a supervillain that I recognized. <laughs> When they put the heart of the fallen on the shelf, it is right next to a golden mask. What's that, that mask called, Jim? Why, that mask is known as the Medusa mask. Yes. And it is wielded by DC Comics supervillain, the Psycho Pirate. Absolutely. Uh, who, by the way, go ahead and look up the Psycho Pirate. Uh, this, again, I remember him from the comics in the 80s. His costume is one of the goofiest, <laughs> weirdest, lamest costumes you have ever seen. It is essentially a jester's costume, but lamer. 
Tony, do you know the character I'm talking about? Have you seen this costume? Oh, oh Psycho Parrot, I know, absolutely. It's Very ridiculous. I, I read DC, remember? <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. The power of the Medusa mask, the wielder of the Medusa mask, can project emotions onto anyone who looks on him. In as much as if he wants to whip people into a fury, all he has to do is twist his face into a mask of rage, and everyone looking upon him feels that rage. Uh, that is the power of the Medusa mask. I was legitimately shocked to see it in the episode. Yeah, I, I thought that was very neat. Right? Uh, and I think it one actually... of the ones that I expected. Right. As far as like arcane or supernatural things that you sort of expect f- to come from that corner of the DC universe. Right. The Psycho Pirate was not one of the ones that I thought of, but it showed up there, which I thought was great. Absolutely. And again, I think it actually showed up in the background in one of the episodes for it a split second. might have, but they really made a point but in making sure we saw it this They time. really, really did. Joe, while you're talking about that, I want to throw in a little more detail about it because, I, again, from being a DC fan and please, please, please. the Green Lantern is one of my favorite superheroes. You Tony know and I agree on that. I am also a fan of Green I Lantern. I may be wearing a Green Lantern ring right now. It's, it's totally black is. and silver. It's awesome. We disagree and, as to which Green Lantern is the best. Uh, obviously Hal Jordan, but whatever. No, I don't disagree about that. Oh, I thought you were a big Kyle Rayner fan. Well, I'm a Kyle Rayner fan. Hal Jordan's the best. He though. is the best. There's just no doing it. Yes, no. But before we go down that rabbit hole <laughs> and get hate mail from everyone who wants to hear about Constantine, <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> The other thing about the Psycho Pirate, though, that interested me when it showed up was because it sort of has a connection to Green Lantern in that the Psycho Pirate's uh, mask, the Medusa mask, is one of the things – all right – Green Lantern 101. The Green Lantern ring and his power come from the emotion of willpower, which if that's really an emotion, is a little bit of a question, but also it's a comic book, so roll with it. (laughs) But Um, the rest of it could happen. But exactly. There are a bunch of other rings in the color spectrum in the DC universe. There's the red power rings that come from rage. There's orange that is driven by avarice. There's the the hope and compassion. And um so the go ahead. Was is what's what's the Star Sapphire one is that love? Star Sapphire is, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, like a purple lavender, right. and it's it's love. And let's of course not forget the Sinestro yellow core, the Ring of Fear, the Ring of Fear, right? Absolutely. So these color spectrum powers that exist, the Psycho Pirate mask draws its power from the color spectrums as well. And there was in one of the big, God, I don't want to get too deep into it, but it's related to Green Lantern in the sense that they both get their powers from sort of the same place, from the color spectrums. So it was really interesting to me that this show sort of acknowledged, oh, these things also exist. Uh, which, I, being a nerd about you know Green Lantern and the Justice League and that stuff, I was excited about that, that that showed up. In one part of my head, I went, oh, wait, Green Lantern, Justice League, are we going to see some Justice League dark action in Constantine? Right. Oh, Zatanna, who else could show up? Frankenstein's monster, maybe, who knows? You know, I, I went there for a second. You know, I'm just going to put it out there, people who write Constantine who are clearly listening to this episode. Uh, if you do have access to all the mystical characters, please, oh, please make my heart happy and bring me DC, my favorite DC comic villain of them all. Go ahead and ask me who it is, Tony. Who is it, Joe? Solomon Grundy. I love Solomon Grundy. Oh, that would be a great one. Right? And it would fit right in with Constantine. Right? And the Spectre put him in the swamps. He's a big, he's a big giant mm-hmm. swamp zombie monster. Mm-hmm. That would be pretty sweet. You're right. Oh, that would be fun. 
Just so throw it out there. I just wanted to throw that out for the myth adventure stuff so as we're talking about. This another stuff. thing I did a little research on because I thought it was interesting and bared, you know, mentioning, considering how much of the episode was about this, I did a little research on snake handling. I spent some time in the South, as you well know, because I talk about it constantly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm not, I've never personally witnessed snake handling. Did you although, handle snakes that one time you visited the mill? I mean, the one time. <laughs> I've never actually handled snakes because, dear God, why would I? Right? <laughs> snakes have this funny habit of if they don't like you or feel threatened by you, they bite you. That's bad, is what you're saying. Right. I'm sure this is news to everybody. <laughs> um, snake handling is predominantly seen in uh, Pentecostal churches. Um, it was originally, uh, started in Appalachia, the, uh, I want to say Tennessee, uh, Tennessee or Kentucky is where it started. Um, interesting side note, just because I had to make some mention of it. Uh, the person who introduced snake handling practices to, uh, Church of God, uh, and it's generally kind of considered the founder of the snake handling movement is a gentleman by the name of George Went Hensley. Now, Tony... Do you want to take a guess as to uh, how George Went Hensley died? Cholesterol. Guess again. Did he get bit by a snake? As a matter of fact, <laughs> in his 70s, during a uh, revival in, I believe it was Florida, he had been, he'd been there for a while and had not done any of his snake handling. And he decided he had bought, a, it was like a five-foot snake. It was not a small snake. And he was doing some handling, and they, they, I was reading a great little interview about it. He, he, was, he was carrying it around his neck as he walked amongst the, uh, the flock. Wow. Uh, he rubbed it against his face, and everything seemed fine until he decided to put it back in the basket. Apparently, it was not in a mood to go back in its basket, and it did what snakes do, which is it bit him. Wow. And he apparently got visibly ill very shortly thereafter, dropped like a stone, and died later that day. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so there it is, folks. Don't pick up the snakes. And the, the whole concept behind it is proof of your own faith, that you, your, your faith is so strong that this kind of symbol of evil, the serpent, cannot harm thee. Now, we at the devil, you know, are not taking a stance nope. against anyone's religion. Not even a little bit. Despite Joe sounding like he is. I just don't want to pick up snakes. I even think <laughs> snakes are okay. They're like kind of cool. I just don't want to pick one up. In the meantime, be safe out there, people. Snakes bite. Be safe. Joe, how about we try some quote of the week action? The devil you know. Quotes of the week. The devil you know. Quotes of the week. The devil you know. These are the quotes. The devil you know. That we really like. The devil you know. Quotes of the week. I feel almost embarrassed to admit this. I struggled to find a quote of the week this week. It, What'd you come up with? I came up with it. It was a moment that made me chuckle when John was trying to summon Manny and failing. <laughs> and uh, Zed called him out of the fact, like, hey, maybe don't be a jerk about summoning Manny and he might actually show up. So when John asked nicely, Manny showed up. And Manny, he only had two, he only said two words, but they did make me chuckle. Courtesy counts. <laughs> that made me laugh. Sure, Manny's not messing around. Be nice. Right. Come on. It's just basic basic manners, people. This well, is not hard. And he comes from the good light side of things. You know, being polite. That's important. I love it. My quote of the week was John and Zed were talking about powers. 
Zed was talking about what she wanted to get from the angels. She wanted to find out where her powers came from and what it meant. And, and, and uh, John's answer was, it doesn't matter where they come from. What matters is what you do with them and what it costs you. And I liked that quote a lot. I did too, in particular the what it costs you, because if there's one thing we've seen on the show that I really enjoy, it's that magic comes at a price. Yes, and, and we've seen a lot of that. I mean, we, we saw the bad things in this episode happen uh, from somebody using magic, not understanding what they were doing. We've seen John say that he asked to, he's given up a little bit of his life to uh, execute a spell. right. You know, so, no, but I love that in what matters is what you do with them. And I think that was just a nice little life lesson moment. I agree. Because here you've got a character who's not a particularly nice guy. Nope. But he uses these things that he can do for good reasons. Yes. He sometimes lives a life of debauchery and of being a jerk, but push come to shove, he does what's best for the greater good. And for the record showrunners, the moments of his debauchery and being a jerk are some of my favorite moments. Let's bring more of those back. Absolutely. The darker, and it looks like in the next couple episodes, it's going to get a little darker. Ooh, if you, so, if you have not seen the preview for next week, go see the preview for next week. Yeah. Darker, I'm a fan of that. That's great. The Saint of Last Resorts. If you have not seen the preview for this episode, run, do not walk. It looks cute. Yeah, we get a little appearance by another one of the Newcastle. Yes, we do. People. Who looks nothing like that. Have you seen the pictures of the actress cast in the role? No. Could not look oh, less. Yes, I saw it in the, in the, in the trailer. <laughs> oh, could not look less like from the comic book. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but that's fine. That's fine. I'm not here to judge about that part. I just want to see what they do with it. I'm excited about getting more of that storyline and yes. more of Zed's uh, Resurrection Crusade storyline. And it really looks yeah. like the Zed stuff is going to really take the forefront in the next episode. And I'm really excited to see what that could do. Me too. So, hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We appreciate that you took some time to be with us. Uh, we hope that we'll see you again next week. And don't forget to let us know what you think. Go to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback and share your thoughts. Also, while you're at goldenspiralmedia.com, check out the support tabs because there are a bunch of affiliates that you can go to. For instance, Amazon. If you click through at goldenspiralmedia.com to the Amazon link and do some Christmas shopping or Hanukkah shopping or Kwanzaa shopping or New Year's shopping or my birthday's in January, you can buy me a present shopping. Or if you want to buy Joe a belated birthday present. My birthday was last week and it was a big one. Joe turned 92. 92. You sound so good for 92. Why, thank you. I am not 92. I am younger than Tony. <laughs> Check out the goldenspiralmedia.com affiliate links there where you can support your favorite podcasts and do some shopping at the same time. That's all we have to say this week. Thanks so much for joining us. We will talk to you soon. See you next week. Bye-bye. Are you a podcaster who loves creating great content but gets overwhelmed by the audio editing process? Are you a business professional or an entrepreneur that wants to start a podcast but aren't sure where to begin? You need Pro Podcast Solutions. 
Pro Podcast Solutions has a robust suite of services to equip podcasters and help podcasters create better content than ever before. Visit ProPodcastSolutions.com today and find out how you can get your first episode produced for free. That's ProPodcastSolutions.com.